Hey, you're listening to the all-new Anti-Fanboy Podcast, episode 96. Tonight, Netflix got something for everybody. It's the Daredevil. I'm Steve O'Tieri. I'm Devin Kopeck. And we got a special guest for you. John is off in the Middle East reporting on ISIS, so we're going to cover Daredevil. Uh, yes, uh, we are covering Daredevil. Steve and I finished. John is too busy doing the ISIS thing, joining ISIS. They don't uh, get Netflix. They don't get Netflix over in the ISIS town. Um, so we have what's the word I'm looking for? Panache. No liberties. We have liberties. we have reached out. We, we reached feelers out. out because we said we can't do this just me and Steve. You know, you know what a Daredevil cast with Steve and I would just sound like. That's all. That's all. We need ninety we minutes. Needed, we needed to bring in um, someone. <laughs> not trying to name names here, but I'm gonna. Uh, someone who's uh, a little bit of a daredevil nut, a little comic uh, expert. We got Mark Wade for you. Mark Wade himself is coming down in studio, and he's going to sit down and he's going to explain what he loved, what he didn't love about the Daredevil Netflix show, and where he thinks it's going. Uh, Mark Wade just canceled. Wait, what? He uh, just texted me. And he said, no Wade in hell, I'm going to do this. Oh. I don't know why he always uses the puns to disappoint. Well, he's a writer. Yeah. Is that a writing, writing thing? Writer? I write things. I don't well, hold well on. actually, I'm not going to lie. Let me see I, who I can get. Oh, all right, this well, is just as good. Just as good. I don't know. Big man. Big man from the Daredevil world. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ed Brubaker. Whoa, Ed Brubaker? Ed Brubaker. Oh, Ed Brubaker's coming to town. He has a major footprint in the Daredevil uh, Oh, man, mythos. you got Devil and Cell Block D? He's going to tell us all about his thoughts. Okay. And he just canceled as well. Steve, I feel like you're not confirming these. You're just texting and then getting denials. Or, or at the very least, declines. Brian Michael Bendis, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, you know, I'm not He's even coming on. That. I'm not even going to believe that. Let me see your phone. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about You didn't even text this guy. I, what's the hold point? On, hold on. Is Frank Miller? We, he's crazy, right? He's not doing anything. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm getting some some news. Shane, Shane's on the, he's on the ground doing some... Shane, what are you doing on the ground? Stand up. Shane. Oh, you know what? Uh, we just heard back from Shane. Uh, he said he's checked all the homeless shelters, all the underpasses. Couldn't find them. Who? Frank Miller. Can find Frank Miller. He should probably check a hospital. That dude's yeah. not doing too well. <laughs> Forgot about. I actually I should laugh. But fucking goddamn, you're right. He looks. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Well. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Who else do we have? Um. Well. <laughs> Stanley. Can we at least get Stanley? No. Son Unfortunately, of he's busy shooting uh, scenes for Jessica Jones. You know what? Minor spoiler, but uh, no, no, Stan Lee. You're right. I don't know how I feel about that. I didn't even think of that. I just want him to be like, he's just like, don't kick me out of this apartment. <laughs> I don't do TV shows. Oh, like they asked him, he's like, I'm Stan fucking Lee. Are you fucking nuts. I don't get out of bed for over ten thousand dollars for under ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Yeah, it's kind of a messed up world where Stan Lee looks in better shape than Frank Miller. But hey. Man, this took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, I didn't Who do we have? Who's left? Um, Well, we wanted to get Shane, but Shane was too busy doing his minute of comic bookness. Oh, right. Which 
Here it is. My name is Shane, and I talk about DC's hopefully much-needed reboot. Let's face it, I trust they could find a way to make this universe worse. After finally retiring from Batman Eternal and the amazing read-along of the last issue, I thought I'd be having a bit more fun this week, but unfortunately I decided to read DC's Convergence event. They're rebooting their universe through a character named Telos, who was a brainiac and served a bigger brainiac who stole cities just before their destruction and put them under a dome on his own planet for safekeeping. After not hearing from his big master for a while, Slave Brainiac decided he wanted to be his own man, and transformed into Telos. Good for him. He decides that all the domed cities are going to fight to the death to save their own city from absolute destruction by his hand. Shockingly, Dan Didio explains this better in a two-minute YouTube video that includes Vampire Joker fighting Wonder Woman than Convergence issues number zero and number one combined, which dicks around too much. Most of the part one of twos I've read this week, and I'm sure the rest of the month will be the same, have been about characters living their lives in a depowering dome for a year. I'm sure they'll remember that year of their life later on after this is all done, so it's all very important to character development. A rare issue here and there actually develops both sides of the conflict they'll fight to the death in the following issue, so naturally they get as gold of the star as you can get this week. If this week is any indication of the rest of the part ones this month, I'd stay away till next month. At the very least, you'll get heroes fighting heroes, assuming they don't stop partway through and turn on Telos. Ugh. You can tweet me on Twitter at Fox or email me at ShaneAndAntiFanboy.com. Wait, hold on. Yeah, so what's up? He's done with the Batman stuff? It's over? 52, man. So, he, wait, we gave him more work? We didn't just go, oh, thanks, and see you later? We didn't cut him off? Are you saying at the start of tax season we should have... I thought we were doing something like that. Like, come on. I guess you're right. Well, Shane... We have, now we have him for... I don't know how... And now he's... You know, you put it in his head that he's just going to pick willy-nilly. What's next, Steve? Shazam? I want to do another Shazam comics. Are they doing Shazam? I don't know. You know, he'll make him do... Shane, have you seen Shane? He's scary as hell. He will march down. He's like seven feet tall. He's seven feet tall, 342 pounds. Where'd you get the two? What do you mean? That's how much he weighs. But where, why, that like fluctuates. You've never seen Shane's uh, boxing videos? No. He weighs in at 242 pounds. You changed that number. He is a genie. He's a djinn. All right? He's a <gasps> fucking monster. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lost 100 pounds. Well, he cut. He cut to two forty two. Uh, he, he walks in. He walks. Why around did you only have that affected in two? I'm sorry. I'm eating a vodka. Yeah, this is terribly. <laughs> we didn't think about this. Um, well, you know, this is what happens when John doesn't show up. You I get a mess. Man. <laughs> the only ISIS. reason we didn't go is because come on, come on. I have the internet. Well, I'm saying, look at us. You and me, we're getting our ass killed if we go over in Iraq. I don't know, man. I think we'd we'd. We'd be just crazy enough. They'd be like that. Those those guys, those pale folk, they're El Crazio. Is that ISIS? I think it's Italian. You need to stop chewing that thing. Sorry, that's irritating me. I didn't realize you could hear that chewing. Uh, yeah, if I can hear it, the world has heard, yeah. heard me eat popsicles. Exactly, and it is not pretty. Um, but who's the special guest? You ask. I don't know. We've you know. How about former uh, forum? I was gonna, member, that's what I want to say, but the there's show. too many form. No, it's because you have half of a fucking ice pop in yeah. your mouth. I got brain freeze, too. Yeah, so you know what? The let, the, let the adult handle this. Former forum member of the show. That is such a terrible... Like, <laughs> I was on this forum, but then Twitter came out? Comic oh. book historian. Oh, my God. He's not... He just likes Daredevil. I'll tell you Our he's good an friend, Chris... He's an expert on comics. 
right, I need you to. He's an expert on comics. I, right, just give it a little more. He's an expert on comics. Okay. You know, there's nothing in my mouth now. Yeah, there's a lot of... I'm very full of cunt. All right, I'm also see. Jewish now. Good Lord. He's got a lot of opinions. He's always had them. Always will. So we brought him in. We, we brought the big dog, the Rand dog, into our cage. Big Rand dog. Mm-hmm. We'll roll you over with a steamroller. Wait. While shooting you with a gun that shoots knives because he's so bitter and angry with his opinions on things. Oh, okay. You're saying... I see. This is not, like, literal. No, that's... I've seen him do that. Whoa. Exactly. So, we had to uh, record that separate, so... Oh. Uh, I was going to at least plug his Twitter. Who? Randall's. Oh, yeah. You can plug his Twitter. Are we good? Okay. Yeah, plug his Twitter. Uh, Randall is a good friend of the show. He is... Yeah, we already said that. Yeah, four no, four yeah, we, did, we did all that stuff. Uh, but uh, we didn't get around to it in our recording. But if you do want to follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at CM22. He says a lot of weird names. Yeah, I... Um, I don't know who they are. I thought you knew. I think they're from a Pokemon thing. But now I don't know. He's just You know, like, if you're super into like mean-spirited things and or Pokemon and random names cuz he doesn't they don't talk about Pokemon. They just say like, "Oh, oh man. Oh, oh Gub. Oh man, Gub, man." Oh man, Gub's going to be so What's Gub going to do on round 4? Gub. Get out of here, Gub. But if you if you're into that, the hills will be right up your alley. You know, he told me uh let me let, let, real quick. This is what this is what you get. This is the Randall experience uh, when you follow him on Twitter. I said I tweeted out. Don't know how I'm going to be able to resist not watching those four leaked episodes of Game of Thrones. His response was, "Read a book." That's mean. Some hardcore shit. It's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. Maybe I live a privileged life. You do that close to the bone. We do. We all do. If you're listening to this, yes, you live a privileged life. You have people that aren't really famous in your ears. Think of that. Think about that. John's over there dealing with ISIS right now. Wait, is he dealing with or did he join? He's not going to join. He's doing an article about it. He's writing He's writing a blog oh, I just for our I site. I just assume. You know, you take a no. look at the guy he's and you got go, a, oh yeah, ISIS. He's got a pencil. Well, he's over there because he can blend in. John Suarez, he's a chameleon. He can speak every language known to man. That's, uh, well, you know, he's he's our own Captain Barbell. He very much is. So, All right, with that, stay with us. So, we are here with a very special guest, comic book historian and former graphic detailist. <laughs> That's, I don't want that in my title. I'm sorry. I really don't. Very- it should be stated, for the record, that literally the last time I was on a podcast about Daredevil, that podcast series ended. That was so, the podcast that broke that podcast. So we're hoping the same thing will happen this week. Yeah, my my hope is to kill the ever-rebooting anti-fanboy podcast. You know, yeah. two, two, two reboots, isn't that the worst? It's been like Maybe three. three? Yeah. But we're here with Chris McDonald. Hey. Uh, uh, you're a time traveler who was on our forums when those were a thing on the <laughs> internet. You might know him as Randall. Yeah. If you're listening, Stormy, I still miss you. We miss you, Stormy. You know, he might listen. We have like we have like almost a, a thousand a K. We have almost a K download per episode. Are you are you sort of bragging? No, I'm not bragging. <laughs> He's kind I'm of bragging. Saying, I think Devin's throwing a little brag our way. Yeah, a little bit, kinda. You know, yeah, on his high horse. Forty K. 
We have one K. We have a uh, one mil. Kilobyte. We have two bill downloads. But uh, we're here to talk about uh, Daredevil. Not Game of Thrones. No, not Game of Thrones. <sighs> I'm on the wrong episode. But we all finished it. Chris, what did you think of the show? I think it is <laughs> the best comic book TV series we have had to date. But it's pretty easily critiquable. There are things wrong with it. There are things that they could do better. But by a fairly significant margin, like I said, I think it's the best TV sh- series we've had for a comic book that I can remember. So I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that this show makes... Like, uh, what Netflix allowed uh, the Daredevil guys to do is basically the difference between... Uh, like Like... The difference between Daredevil and a show like Arrow is the difference between Game of Thrones and, like, Vikings on the <laughs> History Channel. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen Vikings. Me neither. I haven't really. either. So, so okay. I could be putting some serious feet in my mouth for that comment, but nobody nobody freaks out about Vikings. Yeah, people aren't having Vikings parties. Vikings is still good. You know, people seem to like Vikings, but it's not Game of Thrones. Right. Um... In both quality and no, but I, I definitely I definitely agree. This is going to be the benchmark for what superhero shows are going to be from now on. I feel. Well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because it's almost a different kind of superhero show. Like, I mean, the unfortunately, like the metric for superhero shows at this point is mostly like the DC stuff and. Mm. You know, specifically the CW verse, like those shows are the ones that are doing the best and get the most press, which is Flash and Arrow. You know, I mean, if you find a human being that's talking about Gotham, I guess they would consider it a comic book show. But <laughs> who's you know who is that person? Uh, that <laughs> would be me. I, Why? I'm, not, I'm not talking yeah. about it, but yeah, I mean, you pretty much watch it out of obligation to write an article. Like yes. it's not even you know a thing. So it's like out the other thing is Agents of Shield, which again is varying, you know, it's it's almost entirely original content, original characters and concepts. It just happens to kind of take place in the joint comic book universe. So it's like again, it's not really superheroes, capes and cowls and stuff like that. As far as actual comparable assets, you have Daredevil and you have Arrow and you have Flash. And Arrow and Flash, as a kind of a symptom of being on network TV, almost have to be dramas, you know, and not in the Breaking Bad drama sense, but right. in the Dawson's Creek drama sense. Yeah, like mm. there has to be a love triangle. Yeah, exactly. There has to be a love triangle. There has to be a flat romantic interest. Uh, you know, episodes have to be fairly self-contained. Seasons have to end in a certain way. You know, you have to have these breaks so that we can take a gap here and there, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing that not just as, like, a superhero show done right, it's also just uh, an example of the thing, like, the the quality that can happen if you let creatives get away with being creative, like Daredevil is closer to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul than it is Arrow. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of like moments where you could if you wa- if that show was on weekly, 
you would be talking about what happened to that episode, and you'd be like, oh man, can you believe that happened? Can you believe this happened? That was nuts when this happened. Like, you would have those moments with Daredevil. I don't feel yeah. like Arrow or Flash has those. Like, yeah. you're not like, oh, hey, how about that episode where Flash also, turned into a tornado? Also, like, a show like Breaking Bad is, like, it, it's so unique in the sense that that show, like, if you were to have told me Breaking Bad came out in, like, one Netflix-style 13, like, episode block in the sense of how it doesn't seem to fall into any of these pitfall, like, uh, these, these holes mm. where... They're obligated to have these, you know, big, weird commercial break. You know how the episode's written. The episode's right. not written like there's three commercial breaks. Uh, the episode's not written with, with these things that are guaranteed to get ratings. Like, mm-hmm. like Breaking Bad's really was really, like, a, a unique sort of show in that aspect. And, and the, I, I, yeah, I, I do agree. I think the Breaking Bad Daredevil comparison is very apt mm-hmm. because... It's a show that is stripped away of all that other, all that other commercial duties that they have to make, and they're just focused on making a good show about this certain character. Yeah, Daredevil. Um, it's kind of like it, it. It's it was really nice to be watching it, and it's like because I do watch Arrow and Flash just because I kind of need something to watch here and there, and they're not absolutely miserable shows. No, they're not. But you watch it and you're just like, oh, okay, this week, who loves Arrow? Who is Ollie in love with? And it's like, I don't, I think it's it's less about like the over, I I mean, it's weird because at the point of uh, where they at in the show, and not to mention the shows are longer. I think Arrow and Flash are like 20 something episodes a season. Okay. Yeah. uh, Where this is 13. uh, So the first. But I mean, even at this point, like. Flash is only up to episode 16 or so, and they just took, like, their mid-season break around episode 14. Yeah. So you could kind of compare it to that. Yeah, you're right. And it's like... Those shows had to have... Like, like a show like Daredevil had would have had to have ended. Like, there's so much crap... There's so much, like, filler that a show like Arrow and Flash have to deal with Mm -hmm. just to, you know, just because they have obligations to meet, or, you know, that they have to meet. Yeah, they have producers and stuff that say you need to do this, you need to do that. But that's part of the like that's one of the things that makes Daredevil really ridiculously strong is it was just lean. You know, the I didn't really feel like there was ever a scene that wasn't important. Like there wasn't a popcorn scene where I could get up and throw some popcorn in the microwave or you know, go brush my teeth in another room and just kind of half listen to it. Mm. I, I wanted to sit there glued to the TV for the entire, you know, 40-something minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I caught myself I caught myself absolutely sort of just being like... Like, I watched, like, seven episodes in a row, and I, I didn't even mean to. Yeah. I was like, ah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> seven episodes in. Because a lot of people, a lot of people are kind of, like, so-so on the pilot, which is weird, because I feel it's probably the strongest superhero television pilot I've seen. Um, yeah. But, like, once you get to, like, that second episode, I think you're, like, completely hooked. Yeah, I mean, I... If I'm being honest, I think the pilot is... 
if you had to do a power ranking, I think the pilot's one of the weaker episodes. Although it's not really saying much. It's, it's a pilot. Really strong. You have to. You it, have obligations to the pilot. Yeah, it's it's burdened with the obligation of having to set up the universe, set up yeah. the individual characters, set up the relationships between the individual characters. Yeah, and it's the first time you meet some characters, and some characters you're not exactly you don't exactly fall in love with at first, and you're right. like, okay. It's the first that time you guy. get to see. Um, Karen Page looked like uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah, she's she's basically a new age Shelley Duvall, especially in that because she's just wet and yeah. crying the entire episode. She looks rough. Um, and honestly, Daredevil takes its time, like explaining Matt Murdock to you. I mean, you get the essentials of it, but they didn't throw you it like they didn't do a standard. You know, we're rebooting Spider Man. Here's Spider Man getting bitten by a spider. Right. Like, they just kind of very quickly, you know, are like, blind kid, blind lawyer, <laughs> friend, you know. Yeah, yeah. And even it, and even though, like, they did a good job because it wasn't like, he's a kid. Right. This is what happened. Like, it, the show starts out with the kid, you know, they were, being they were blinded very, by chemicals. They were very respectful of the audience's intelligence. Like, they were like, you can figure this out. This isn't, you know, like... We're going to do some subtle camera effects and we're going to increase the audio in the background and you're going to realize he can hear better than normal people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like they didn't do like he didn't have to do a voiceover or quietly whisper to someone and be like, I learned how to hear better. (laughs) You know, like he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. He didn't have a a Ben Affleck voiceover explaining everything he could Mm. do. Yeah, Which exactly. Is, you know, in a way, it's unfair because that was a film that had to be smashed together to fit under two hours. Daredevil, yeah, Where, yeah, yeah, that move, the O three movie. But uh, the fact that the TV show does respect the audience and like, yeah, it even like you don't see the kingpin until episode like the end of episode three. Yeah, you know, so no, and I mean they don't even. Mention his name. Yeah, exactly. They, they only mention his name. Point, until, you know? Yeah, which is awesome. And it really gives you uh, a respect for the character. Like, who is this guy? It's, it's and faith. Then, it's faith in your your characters and writing, pretty much. Like, Gotham. Gotham threw everyone Got- at you Gotham's, episode one. Gotham doesn't... <laughs> it's like, it's the most trigger-happy show I've ever seen. In the sense that they are terrified of holding anything back. Like, they already introduced the Joker. Like, Kid Joker. They introduced him already. Like, you don't <laughs> think that's something you guys could have just held on to for, like, a season two? Like, they're talking about Clayface. They're talking about Mr. Freeze. They're like, terrified. Yeah, they're terrified. that, And they're already confirmed for a second season. Uh, so while I go on my <laughs> mini Gotham rant, like, it, it's, it's a show that's just terrified that its viewers aren't going to catch every single reference so they hammer you over the head much like Wilson Fisk does uh, literally yeah uh, <laughs> with stupid nods and be like he likes riddles because he's going to be the riddler and you're like I, I get it and they're like nope he really likes riddles do you riddles. get it do you get it Devin yeah. I, you know I missed it the first six times but, you, mi- yeah. you missed that yeah. he's blatantly the riddler yeah I didn't I didn't catch on but you know by the, the by the you know the sixth episode and the Fifteenth mention of it, I it started. Is that why you kept asking me if there was a character called the Puzzler? Yeah, I was like, is there a is there a, a cop 
he's like a he's like a forensic guy, like a puzzle forensic. Yeah, he's a forensic puzzle. puzzle. He's like jigsaw. He's like a Quizzler. Quizzler. <laughs> so uh, I think this guy is going to become the Quizzler. Oh my goodness! Pretty, so, pretty sure. So let's talk about things we really liked. Uh, like first and foremost, our favorite. Uh, who's our favorite characters? Uh, if if I had to go for a favorite character, it's it's I, I think it's it's Kingpin in a walk. All right, what about you, Chris? I think it's Wesley. <laughs> Wesley was good. I did like Wesley. But I did like Wesley. I do Wesley have to, is amazing. I do have to go with Kingpin solely based on how wonderfully awkward he was in the beginning. That episode really like immediately won me over to him, and then they actually kind of pushed me away a little bit throughout. Really? You know, I loved... This is what I loved about his introduction, um, was that it was a lot of we don't say his name, you know, it's a lot of ominous things. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who just knew who the Kimkin is, like, they have this idea of who he is. Whether or not you've read the comic or you've seen the 2003 movie, he's this big you know, baller dude in a big fancy power suit and he's super strong. And the first introduction of him is him being super awkward and weirdly asking a girl out on a date. <laughs> he's like, Oh, what are you, uh, he's so likable. Do you like, do you like Zupa? And <laughs> she's, she's like, what? And he's like, I'm really sorry. I have to uh, go. Uh. And I was like, I love this dude. Like, cause in my head I go, all right, this is the, this is the, the portrayal of the character. This is what the guy's doing. It's different because I've seen that version. Mm-hmm. I've seen like the baller power suit version, and I immediately was both taken. Like I was taken aback a little bit because I was like, "Wow!" But he's instantly humanized. Yeah, because he's super weird and awkward about asking a woman out to to a date where he's clearly like in his mid to late forties. It's it's and- also his origin too. Yeah, from what I've read, that was a pretty deliberate choice of, like, they really wanted to make you question kind of the morality of it, mm-hmm. which is something they don't really do in the comic books. Like, in the comic books, granted, they've had time, and over time, they've developed the Kingpin, and you do know his backstory, and you do understand that fundamentally there is a human being at the root of it, but the Kingpin's always evil. Like, Yeah, he's always been, like, the bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah, like, will he'll blow up buildings and mm. just and, and you know like the most humanizing element I think in comics Kingpin is he has like a weird sense of honor like like he knew who Matt Murdock was for you know years and yeah. then you know before his yeah. his identity got out but he really he just held on the information for both you know a, a weird sense of honor and at the same time he was like well you know I'll, I'll use it if I really need to it's a weird sense of honor but at the end of the day he's still just a a dude that wants yeah. power and control. And it's very, the TV Kingpin is very different. Like, it's a thing Steve and I were talking about where we were like, I'm not really sure he was a bad guy. Like, besides headbutting people to death. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. When you crush a dude's head in a car door, I understand you're evil. I acknowledge that. I accept it. But it's like, his yeah. plan was just to gentrify the city. Like yeah, like he was he's, just like he's I, every real estate developer ever. Yeah, and he's just willing to kill people. Yeah, and like it. you know he funds it with some heroin. <laughs> you know, like okay, yeah, what? Well, but like, trafficking. But, but he he's the he's the absolute first person that will admit he's like, listen, it's like I don't 
want to do it this way, but I have to because that's the only way it will get done. Yeah, because he's like a realist. It's very much like a humanized, like questionable moral gray kingpin, and it's a, it was a little bit weird because it's like I. <laughs> I kind of necessarily wasn't always rooting for Daredevil. No, no, I was the same way. Oh, like, at the very yeah. at the very end, when they're trying to find, I think his name's Detective Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, and he like throws Owsley down that elevator. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, Kingpin! Yeah, go get that detective! And then I'm like, oh my god, I'm completely opposed to Daredevil right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, like, it, I did want to see him get away, weirdly. Like, I wanted him to fly to Italy or wherever he was. With yeah, him. I mean, part of me definitely wants to see him get away just for prolonged drama and, you know, stuff like that. But it it was really just, like, the things that the show kind of made it seem like were bad, they were like, uh, he he didn't repair this old lady's apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And, yeah. And it was like, yeah, because there's common. a hardcore criminal element. Uh, yeah, and like, it's like, why would they? And to you know, there's a minor complaint there, where in the sense of just the way that show goes, like there's too many things that are just not coincidences. Right. Like everything's overly planned out. No, I mean even like, even I feel I, like, I would have loved wrong, it but... if the the Cardenas woman was stabbed by like a random guy, as opposed to somebody who the kingpin paid off. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I wish, I wish some elements uh, that happened in the show yeah. that make Kingpin seem right were actual like just events as opposed to things he planned and engineered to make him look better. Right. You know. Well, I mean, I think they did that just so it's like Karen and Foggy would get on the I know, I know. train, but um, but like even like the suits Kingpin was wearing, like in the beginning he starts off with just like straight black suits. Yeah, and then uh, the transformation of the gray suit's sick. Well, well, yeah. when he's depressed and he's thinking about himself as a child being all all bloody and shit, uh-huh. he picks out uh, he picks out a blue suit, a navy blue suit. Okay, and then she gives him the gray suit, where you're like, okay, it's gray. And then when he's finally sent to prison, he's in the all white suit. He's yeah. in his sort of kingpin classic. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Uh, um, yeah, what's interesting is. Uh, about his his introduction is that he goes from this sheep is weirdo to like Randall mentioned earlier uh, to violently smashing a dude's head into a car door until it falls off like it, it's just it's mush it's like slushy and, and that's yeah. kind of like oh he's he's like here's he's here and then by the end of the episode he sees a very wide range of weirdo psycho kid emotions. And then, uh, and then he has the backstory where he's the, uh, you know, his dad, you know, was kind of a dick. Well, his dad was a dick, but he wasn't a, he wasn't like Garth Ennis psycho. He was just like a weird shitty dad mm. that still in a weird way tried to teach him lessons. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's just not a lot about his uh like he's so human in, in the sense uh his backstory is so like okay i can relate to having like a psycho dad right yeah but it wasn't like he was beaten every night by his father you, you know his no. dad was his dad was a drunk like nut but it wasn't exactly like the most hardcore thing you could think of either 
Right. Like, yeah, some of the leaps they took to get from point to point were a little bit much, like, at times. Like, you know, yeah. like, again, you know, like, okay, alcoholic dad, uh, you know, like, he tried to push you in a violent direction and you had to murder him. <laughs> I don't understand how that translates into, I need to buy an entire city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like that's the thing. Like, I get, I get the buying the city plan. It's not a bad plan. Yeah, I just don't understand how like your dad being abusive means you need to buy fifteen blocks of <laughs> housing. Yeah, and I know some of that they're kind of just bound by how how you know crazy they can really get because it still is Marvel. Like, yeah, and how complex is- of a story you can make. Like, it, you know, like in the comic books, you can imply that there's a lot of really shady business deals going on. Yeah. And you just be like, that happens off panel. Like there's a lot of implied and understood off panel stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you do that on TV, people get annoyed because they want to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they still don't explain like how he actually gets in the power, which is fine because it's probably a story left better told for another day. Mm -hmm. But like, like the way he acts pretty much throughout the whole show I still couldn't logically see how he went from uh, this chubby little you know on the spectrum boy to becoming a super rich like you know mob boss essentially you you know to where he hacks his plan with these four other guys or four other people and then he's like the kind of de facto leader I'm like Mm -hmm. he's like He's a weirdo, like, and he doesn't even, like, hide it. Like, when he explains to uh, the other people about how he kind of sort of crushed that guy's head, like, they're like, why did you do that? And he's like, yeah, and I'm like, those, those were the moments that pushed me away from liking him. Because I was like, that's not the Kingpin. Like, the Kingpin should not, even if he is afraid of the little Chinese lady, he shouldn't look like he's afraid. (laughs) No. He shouldn't look like a scared eight-year-old. Like yeah. that's where I was like that. Those those couple of moments, I was like, I think they're playing up the childhood mentality a little bit too much. Yeah. And by this point in his power structure, to the point where he has this much power and money, I feel he should have been hardened. Like, yeah, if like, they wanted to do more flashbacks down the road and show stuff like that. That's then that's fine. fine. Yeah, because yeah. at that point he was made bad guy, and like he has dudes like Owsley like yelling at him, and he's like, oh, "I'm handling it," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, like I, I get it's still the beginning. I mean, of the show, literally, but he, he is- looks like he was going to cry when the Chinese lady was chastising him. <laughs> yeah, and I get like he kind of shows her a ton of respect, and like, but but it is kind of it wasn't exactly even. You know, it's with, it's an it's an interesting take on the character, and I guess, like I said, they they did it to make him more relatable, and it worked. You yeah, know, because like I said. I think it would what he, they did in the show was far more interesting than if he was just this baller badass in a suit. You know, this big strong guy in a suit. Yeah, uh, like I don't I think mean, I could have stomached like immediately giving him some humanity was the right call. I think again, maybe they they pushed a little bit too hard, but. From the get-go, it was the right call to do something. Like, if he was just a big stone-faced person, it would have been a letdown. Yeah, because it would have been been a whole season's worth of that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, Although points for being 
smooth as hell by proposing as you're getting arrested. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yo, it worked. It did <laughs> it work. It worked, man. It worked. She's like, yes. Uh, all right. You know, can't get married, but when whatever. When D'Onofrio first got cast in the role, I was a little leery because uh, I just was like, how are they going to do the body type justice? And I thought, like, I understood why they went the Michael Clark Duncan role. Like, you know, aside from the, all the people freaking out because, you know, he's a black guy. Uh, like, I was like, well, he's a gigantic human. You know, mm-hmm. and like that's exactly what Wilson Fisk is. Uh, so when they cast D'Onofrio, I was like, "Well, he's like a big guy, but he's not exactly enormous." Um, and he kind of wasn't anything special. But by the end of that show, like where he's just sitting, like driving in his car, and he's just talking, and he's got his suits on, I was like, "That's the kingpin!" Like, yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, even though we have our our minor complaints about the character and, and kind of the direction he went, uh, like I feel pretty confident going like, all right, that's definitely uh, Wilson Fisk. Like I, I'm I'm looking at the comic book character on screen. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. Also, Randall, you said Wesley, and I think uh, Wesley is not. I think he is. Is he is. Yeah, Wesley's. Uh, are you are asking if he's in the comics? Yeah, yeah. Because unless I mean, it's there's, a, there's unless it's a coincidence, there's a there is a Wesley in the Daredevil movie as well. I mean, I imagine like the idea of that character has kind of existed, and maybe even like they shared that name. It's never been a significant character, right? You know? Like Turk. Um, yeah, like Turk's more of a significant character. Yeah, because yeah. Galani when we were watching it was like, "Fuck it, oh, man, is that Turk?" Yeah, like, yeah. Turk was great, but like, yeah, Wesley, Wesley sort of has that Doug from House of Cards feel, where he is Kingpin's right hand man, but he's so loyal, and he just you know like the way I forget I don't know the actor's name, but the way he like handled Toby, that it's it's is it's like, like a three name. It's like Tommy something. Yeah, you know, like when he was on screen with the Kingpin, I was like, "Okay, shit's gonna get done." Toby Leonard Moore, because yeah. even if Kingpin does his weird little kid stuff and is weird, Wesley will handle this appropriately, and he just played that role like perfectly. Like he was sort of just like I didn't expect to be as into that character as I was. Yeah, that's that's why I said is because there was never a point when I wasn't on board with him, like. Every single time he was doing something, I was like, this is a cool move. This is a slick move. Like, this is a power player, dude. Yeah. You know, but again, it's that same loyalty and, you know, dedication and stuff like that that makes it really interesting. Because it's obviously it's one thing to just make X smooth businessman or make X villain. Like, they very easily could have just made the Kingpin act like Wesley and just be mm. cold and like, no, you don't get to do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. But when you make it as a sidekick and then you can use him to do other things and, you know, reflect on stuff, that's really cool. Like, when you have him in the car and the Kingpin's nervous and he's going on his date, Wesley's like, <laughs> get this wine. You know? Like, yeah. that's, it's it, it, was a, it was another good way to humanize the Kingpin 
because it shows that he does have legitimate interactions with other human beings. Like, and you see that in the end when spoilers, you know, Wesley gets killed and the kingpin rages on the dude that was just doing his job. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, y- you let my friend go without a guard. He was my friend and he screams and punches the dude. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he was just being loyal. Yeah. He was just yeah. following <laughs> orders. Yeah. He was, he's like the weirdly, uh, like self-aware guy, he's like, yeah, he he did exactly what he was. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, Owsley, Owsley, which was a, a totally different interpretation of the character hmm. of the owl. Like that's fucking, you know, like the owl it's was. Like, yeah, I was like midway list. through the show before yeah. I noticed. I was like, oh, that's Owsley. because I, I think they just call him Leland a lot. In the, yeah, in the they call him episodes. Leland, and then yeah. And, and, like, I had heard before going into it that Owsley was a different character, and I thought Wesley was actually going to be Owsley because, you know, like, it seemed like that might be a thing. But, no, they were like, oh, no, it's this other old financier guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, they're they're building their own universe based off inspiration of other things. Yeah. Well, so... So, Chris, sell me on on why Wesley's your favorite, though. It was just a really interesting character. Like, because you have to wonder, and we never get to see it, and part of that's probably why I like it, because they never they didn't really have a chance to fuck him up. Um, but it's like, you have to wonder, like, how does a dude get there? Like, how does that dude sign on to work for the Kingpin, like the Kingpin as a person, and commit to being that guy? And he was just cool and calculated, and he was very smart, like, business professional about everything. And it was just really interesting to see that, um, juxtaposed against a lot of the other things where people were super passionate or couldn't keep their cool, you know. And I just thought I just thought he, he moved the show along well, you know? Like, he fit in—his role in that season was perfect. Like when he would show up at like the court case and like the people's hearts would start like racing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you understood why he was there from the beginning. You got to see little bits and pieces of more of him, but not enough to ruin the character, you know? Mm. Like I thought it was really interesting at the end when he's like he offers Karen a job. Like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the end of Streets of Rage where you can go through Streets of Rage and the bad guy offers you a job and if you take um, it you just have to restart? You take it and then, yeah, you f- if it's two players you fight the other player and then the winner <laughs> and then you just restart the stupid level. I love it. Um, no, but um, like there's to to continue on with him um, just real quick the scene where Kingpin does crush um, Vladimir's head. I think it's, it's Anatoly's head. Anatoly's head. Like, he is just... Wesley's just sitting in the car, and, like, he gets a little blood on him. And the blood splatters on him, so he just gets out the he other He gets side. out, and, like, he does seem a little, like, bothered by it, but, like, he knows, like, after Kingpin's done, he kind of, like, calms him down as if he's, like, the... F- um, I hate to use it, but, like, he's kind of, like, a sort of semi, like, foster parent, almost, sometimes, for him. Like, he's his friend slash, like, guiding hand. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, Kingpin and, and Wesley's relationship slash friendship is more believable than Foggy and, and Matt's. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like, they actually seem like they, they're friends as opposed to those two. Um, I don't know if we want to get into that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I like. Well, right, so I really wanted to like him just because he's in Mighty Ducks, <laughs> but I think that Foggy um, was kind of the weakest character in the show. Uh, I think Foggy's kind of the weakest character in the Daredevil universe. Sort of. Well, I, I'll say this: as strong as I feel about how Kingpin and Vincent D'Onofrio is, you know, as the strongest character, I think Foggy Nelson played by Eldon Henson is probably the weakest. Now, I don't know if that's by design mm-hmm. because every scene with him and uh, and Karen Page seem like a different television show. That seems like a show on the CW. No, you're right. I agree. And then you, you it's this weird juxtaposition between like, oh, you know, you should I liked you back when you had a soul you didn't work for the evil corporation. They're like, oh, Foggy kicks ass. And then, like, it's like, yeah, there's that. It's kind of corny, but whatever. And then the next scene's like Daredevil kicking some dude's teeth down his throat (laughs) after he just snapped a cop's arm. No, there's literally a scene in the second episode where it's like they're walking down the street and Foggy's like, I'm so drunk! We're having fun! Yeah, that was bad. It cuts to Daredevil shoving a knife into someone's (laughs) fucking eye nerve. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I don't know if that. Cause it seems so on purpose. It was. It, it was, was almost so like consistent they had that it to. Like it was on they, purpose. They had to try and make you believe that those three together were an important unit. But Matt always had to be off doing Daredevil stuff to keep you interested in the show. Yeah, yeah. and and, <laughs> and, and fought like. Like, Karen, at the very least, goes through some sort of transformation by the end of the show. Yeah. When she shoots and, and kills And Karen's Wesley. a driven, like, purposeful character. Yeah. Like, it's it's an interesting thing. And this is going to go off on a little tangent, and some go people aren't going to like no, this. No, please do. But, but, but it's like, part of the reason, like, the CW shows really suck is because all of their female characters suck. All of their female characters exist to be love interests. They have no other fucking purpose, and they suck. It's literally just who loves Oliver Queen this week or who loves who else this week. Daredevil fucks that up a little bit with Claire. And I was actually going to say, like, when you were talking about when it feels like a CW show, it's anytime Rosario Dawson was on the screen, which is not a slight on Rosario Dawson. It's a slight on the fact that they needed to force a weird love story there. That yeah, he, he had to bang exist. somebody, basically. Mm. Yeah. In the show. Because they kept saying it. And you're like, I don't really see it. Sorry, Charlie no. Cox. I don't think you're the the handsome, suave daredevil that they keep <laughs> yeah. talking about. And it was like yeah. you could have easily just had Claire be an interesting person. I was hoping she was just going to be like become like the night nurse, and she would just be a person that interacts like you know, kind of ambivalently or whatever. Well, I have a strong feeling she's probably gonna she's gonna be that weird connection between all of these Netflix shows. That's what I hope she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but getting back to like the she's point, gonna get by Luke Cage at the end. <laughs> we can all high five about it. But like Karen Page, like who is the quintessential daredevil love interest isn't that for the season no like they they fuck around with the concept of it a little bit and like have her foggy flirt and go on a pseudo date they were foggy was in love with her in the comics as well right like foggy fell for first yeah that's a thing yeah and then but it's like 
But again, that wasn't the point. Like, that was a very quick, casual thing. And mostly that was done to move along the plot and, like, get them to meet the old lady and, you know, Mm. become invested in the apartment complex. And Karen drives most of the Kingpin investigation the entire season. No, you're right. Yeah, whether or not she does it personally, but at the same if if she's not doing it, she's convincing Ben to go out. Yeah, yeah. if it's not her directly in a scene looking something up, it's someone either bringing her information after she asked them to, or someone going out to get information because of her. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, so you're right. Like her and Foggy have a lot of scenes, and I think tonally they there are they're so different from mm-hmm. the other things that are going on. Like, and I was getting to this before. Karen goes through a transformation. Like they have hints. That she has a messed up past, yeah. Uh, between yeah. you know when Ben's like, I looked you up, yeah, and you know we can all kind of uh, guess as, as to what what's in her background. But then there's well, there's the scene where Foggy's like starts talking about drugs, and she gets kind of weird during that. Yeah, yeah, she's like <laughs> she's like marijuana. Yeah, he's like oh the doobie and like yeah, uh, and, and then but then she says the scene like, do you think I've do I look like the person who's never shot a person, you know, never shot yeah. somebody before? And then she kills the guy. And not to say she's not kind of horrified by the fact that she just did that. Mm. Um, I mean, she definitely is. Like, yeah. that's her state the last three episodes of yeah. the season. Or and, and, by the, and by the end of the show, she seems like she actually has tonally changed. She's not like, right. oh, man, Foggy kicks butt. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I made a big batch of Mama Pages yeah, lasagna. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'd say that's probably, like, why the pilot to me, and I guess a lot of people, was it, is one of the weaker episodes, because mm. like like Chris was saying, um, she kind of is introduced as this weird love interest. Like, it's a weird love interest and a victim, and yeah. that's not really yeah, and like, what she is. Yeah. Like, long term, she will become a victim again, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, because that's kind of the Karen Page arc, if they follow the comics through, you know? Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it, it was interesting because she did. She had stuff to do. She compelled the plot. And, like, when we were talking about Foggy and kind of shitting on Foggy, Foggy doesn't have that. Foggy very rarely has that in the comic books. It's And that's why I said mm-hmm. I think he's kind of the weakest character in the universe because, like, his job for most of the history of Daredevil was to be the dedicated guy who had the wool pulled over his eyes. Yeah, he's kind of like, like yeah, the, I, he's kind of like the uh, Jimmy Olsen, right? But yeah, exactly. He's the foggy. guy that he's the guy that isn't supposed to know his friend is running around jumping across rooftops. But, but my, then, my problem with that never is never got interesting until he knew that Matt was, and then he was kind yeah. of like Matt's Jiminy Cricket almost, kind of, and which kind of sucked too, because it, it's, it's like because it's like Karen and Foggy were like the first six episodes. And then Foggy jumped to being on Matt's case the entire time. Yeah, for the end. and it was and it was it was a weird dynamic, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it worked as much. Um, and I actually don't think it worked as much because I think Matt was kind of weak throughout the season. You know, I, I was gonna I was gonna say this at some point. Um, I think Daredevil overall is a great show, and I think it succeeds despite weak performances across the board for almost every actor with the exception of Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. uh, I think Charlie Cox is kind of flat I think Deborah Ann Wool, who plays Karen Page is 
you know uh, is isn't terribly int- like while she does cool things in the show yeah. uh, I, I think like her performances alongside uh, Foggy Nelson's are everybody's stiff it's like I did not believe that Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson have been lifelong friends like, I just don't believe or college friends no even like the college scenes yeah there wasn't a lot of natural like, chemistry and there I, I don't know whether or not it's like Charlie Cox isn't comfortable with the American accent so he doesn't want to act like so everything he says is very like almost prepared uh-huh. like he, he everything's very like uh, it's it's just like appropriate like he just says everything the right way he doesn't use slang he doesn't talk like the way him and Foggy talk is not how friends talk to each other like the only thing they do is fist bump and talk about uh, they have the avocado uh, avocados joke like yeah. that's it and like Matt's so super weird and awkward that I you know I don't I can't imagine that was like oh yeah like where we could say the awkwardness weird stuff uh, on the kingpins was a, like a story decision, right? The, that wooden acting was not a, a story decision. I, I think it was just like the best they could get out. The best they could get out of them. I, I don't really understand why everyone was so weird. Like the scene where uh, Karen and Foggy are drunk outside Matt's apartment. Yeah, in episode two is cringeworthy. It, the acting's really bad. A yeah. little bit, it's yeah. Bad. Yeah, and, and I, I'm like, I don't know why this is so bad. Like, I, I don't know why. No, I'm like, you're right. I, I definitely think uh, the Kingpin ensemble had better actors. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Ben Yurk, Ben Yurk was decent. Yeah. Yeah, he's I, good. Yeah. No, no problems no with him. there. I don't necessarily even know if I think it was the acting all the time. I will say Not like all the, the drunks, but I will say the drunk scenes like obviously just an example of that. Because mm. um, I think a lot of the time, like Karen had decent stuff to work with and did a decent job. Like I said, I don't think Foggy had anything to yeah, work I, with. I think it was I, just cringeworthy. Maybe the dialogue, like like when I they thought would it was stupid things about how was, cool. I thought it was, was a really weird thing when I was watching it, and I kind of separated Matt and Daredevil as characters, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I feel like I almost feel like, and this is kind of a very prototypical like superhero argument about like, is Batman the real person or is Bruce Wayne the real person kind of thing, you know? Right. But I was like, I felt like Daredevil was the interesting, compelling character driven part. And like, the more I thought about the Daredevil comics I run, Matt is a very ancillary thing. Like, they don't spend a ton of time with dealing with him in the courtroom. Or when he's Daredevil, he's very much like mask off raw. And then when he's Matt Murdock, he's just button up, quiet, kind of in the background almost. And I was like, we have to, you have to deal with a lot of Matt Murdock getting FaceTime and dialogue in this show because, again, the nature of TV and stuff like right. that. And I was like, I, maybe that's why some of it wasn't clicking necessarily the way it should. Like, because you're dealing with, you know, Foggy and Karen and Matt. And I'm like, Foggy's not an interesting character yet. Karen is being like forced into this already awkward group that we're supposed to buy into and at at the best moments Matt's either just like quietly walking to his office 
or the daredevil is slipping out and he starts to get mad and a little bit bossy. Mm. Oh, like when he when he goes, hey, uh, hey, bitch, uh, no more long lunches. No more long lunches. I don't want to repeat myself. <laughs> yeah, what did I say about the Jesus long Christ, lunches? You still eating with Ben Yarek? What the fuck? What the? What is wrong with You've you? You've been at this diner all day. We're no, so but it's dumb. like uh, when they when they when he finally gets on board with them, like taking <laughs> down the kingpin, you know? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, we're doing this. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. You know, like that sort of moment. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I like this. But when it's just kind of him, like, oh yeah, you made the sign. Ha ha! I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. blind. I, I just, I just think like so many scenes, like he just doesn't play off like a a normal person. And I like Matt. Yeah, I feel. You know, I feel is, like that's the problem. A, I feel like, like that's the problem with that office. With the Nelson and Murdoch office, is it doesn't feel like natural people. No. Yeah. Like Foggy's like overly weird like like he's just like hitting notes that he, like yeah they, they all like Matt and Foggy are like aliens that have watched a lot of TV mm-hmm. and they're like this is what I think they act like yeah so like Foggy's like I'm gonna say weird things and they're like Matt's just like yeah you like, do he's that, confused Foggy. by human interaction like but then even when like they get outside of it it becomes better no 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 it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree Matt Matt and Stick is really interesting. Yeah. And, and Matt, Matt and Vanessa is compelling. So are we just saying that fucking so when Foggy is a fucking sinkhole of acting? Yeah. No, I don't even necessarily think it's... I just think they don't have chemistry. They don't. They definitely don't. And I think that trio doesn't have chemistry. I think it's if just, you replace just Foggy, though, I think you could have fixed that. Maybe, but you can make that argument about anything. Like, you know, anytime you have three people in a group, if you can interchange one out, that changes the dynamics a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're witnessing it right now. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is much better. uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I just think, like, you're right. Like, there doesn't seem to be chemistry, and I I don't know. It's just one of those things that really took me out where I'm just like, these guys are best friends and like every time Matt op- every time Matt responds to something Foggy says it's very it comes off very awkward mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't know whose fault this is but this is a problem so um since we were talking about and I agree with you Randall about how his Matt Murdock might not be the best Matt Murdock but I think his Daredevil like whenever he shows up as Daredevil I was like alright I'm totally into this like at first I wasn't yeah. into the black costume but by the end I was like that black costume is alright with me I'm good but then he shows up in his actual costume. Daredevil costume yeah how do we feel about this cause his costume when I first saw it I was like okay and then I was like oh like I'm the helmet's blue. bad. We, yeah. The helmet's bad. No, the mean, more the time only, you the more time you have to spend in close-ups, the worse the outfit is. Yeah, like the the I think the outfit itself, like the red outfit is mm. fine. It's that the headpiece is is Yep. The headpiece just looks bad. And that's a problem with cowls. That's you yeah, know, like if you watch Flash, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. F- Flash has a baby head because it's yeah. basically a helmet. Yeah. And this is legitimately a helmet. Um I'll say yeah, because they reinforced the idea of body armor throughout, which is cool. It was really neat that they built organically, like throughout the thing, you know, like where everybody was that. like, 
everybody's like you need fucking body armor and sticks yeah. like you need fucking weapons like <laughs> carry carry your fucking fight sticks doofus yeah you know like they, it was cool they built up to that they worked up to it like um in the hallway fight scene like he had the his hands taped up in mm-hmm. you know like yeah, fighter like rope and stuff like that so yeah, fucking he, he had cool. just like he had like a kuma rope tat- yeah. uh, like wrapped around yeah it was the this. rope he, he had that dude tied up with yeah yeah so- Oh, that fight scene. Uh, that fight oh, yeah, scene is I, I want to get back to the costume real quick. Do you think that the helmet just looks weird because they knew it was only going to be, like, one episode's worth of footage? So they were just like... I hope The so. helmet is, like, is last priority. Because I feel like every with how strong everything else is, mm-hmm. that, that, that freaking helmet... I, I'll say this. I was wrong. I didn't think... The first photo that came out, it looked like he he actually didn't have horns, or they they looked like horns, but it was almost like an optical. It was like know? a weird like head box. It looked like yeah, like video. they were just like pointed squares, and if like if you look at it dead on, they kind of look like horns. And I was like, okay, but yeah, he his helmet's round, his head's rounded, and then he has like the the padding on his cheeks that just he basically looks like a a sex offender when he wears <laughs> it, and I. Can't. I I really hope this was just kind of a, a get it out there, get the yeah. general look out there like build. And two. if they do, if they do a season two, like they <laughs> they they go to the lab hard, and yeah. you know, like Marvel's never been yeah. afraid of doing that with Iron Man, yeah. Captain America. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw that. You know, Captain America's had like four different fucking outfits yeah. by now, yeah. but like, they dropped that hint. They dropped that thing where where Potter's like, oh, I'm not fully done yeah, yet he, he didn't yeah he does yeah. he did say he didn't have time to do what he actually want which i was like if that's means uh you realize you made a shitty headpiece then yes i agree mr potter <laughs> yeah uh, and i mean like potter. like i said i think i think it's hard because again they're trying to sell it from a pseudo realistic point of view where it's like it needs to be a functional headpiece like yeah, you I mean, know, did like for, like for a steel Flash, pipe in for the Flash, head. they sell the idea that it's like, oh, well, it's to cut down on friction and wind resistance. Uh-huh. It's not protective gear, so it doesn't have to be padded or have any weight to it. It's literally just to slip over, so he has a baby head. But like <laughs> you said, you know, like Daredevil's taking pipes to the head, so they need to sell you on the idea that this is protective in some way. Yeah. So yeah, it looks a little bit clunky. I I hope they reconcile that, especially you know because of all the acrobatics and stuff he has to do. Like they can pretty easily you know have him be like, "This is too clunky. I have no you know like I need something different." Weights and my head when it. I'm flipping. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. but I was really like by the end of it, I was really into just like the black bandana thing, and I was like, they could give him a red bandana that kind of like. Tapers yeah. up into two little like semi horns. Yeah, I would I would have bought into that as well. Yeah. I was into the black bandana from the beginning because it calls back to the like Man Without Fear miniseries. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. he runs around like that most of it. It just looked like a he, he just looked like a ninja turtle that was turned into a human. And I was, was all right. On, that's, I was on that's board. Fine. With that. I was like, yeah, I please. was all right with that. I mean, Ninja Turtles are a parody of Daredevil, <laughs> so that actually worked for me. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, you know, like I, I was fully happy. I, I like with the, the outfit, outfit though. Like I like no. the black outfit. I like the armor, the black and red armor. Like I, for the most part, besides yeah, no, everything, the helmet, he- headpiece. Yeah, and, fix uh, the nose a little yeah. bit. Fix and the it cool up, thing about the fine. black outfit was, uh, 
I every time I saw it, I noticed more and more things. Like I was like, oh, he has yeah. like elbow guards, and he has like yeah, like um, I said, they they kept adding things onto it. Yeah, like, like these cool gloves that they were yeah. like, you know, they had like uh, metal slants where the knuckles were. Which one? Uh, the black outfit. Oh yeah, he had like motorcycle gloves. Yeah, yeah, like, they, the weird like knuckle things on. They them. were um, yeah. So like I kept noticing the cool things. He was like adding on, which was cool. And so yeah, and like when I first saw that the red helmet, I was like, well, maybe it'll look better in motion, and it and it didn't because his, <laughs> his nose is gigantic. Like I, anyway. I think that's just a Charlie Cox problem. Yeah, this guy kind of he does have a huge nose. nose. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um. Anyway, uh, no, but like even the king, like once. Once Kingpin starts wearing gray and like white suits, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a cool outfit, man. Um, what did you think of the uh, the hand costume? Like uh, when Nobu? Was, oh, Nobu has the hand. Do you think ninja? it was like two on the nose? Because like he basically looked like <laughs> Shinobi three. <laughs> that was very abrupt. Like. Because we have the stick episode before that, and you know their stick like comes in, and stick's a weird part of the Daredevil mythos of like yeah, he's like kind right, of ignored most of the time. It's it's weird. By, like two it's, or three writers. There's actually there's actually a mini series that Bendis did before he did like the Bendis run, right? And it's a very interesting mini series where and Bendis took like this approach of Matt Murdock hates the ninja stuff, <laughs> and he's like. The ninja stuff is just this weird thing that comes into my life out of nowhere and destroys it, and it doesn't make any sense, and it just pisses me off. <laughs> and that's kind of how it's always been. Like the the closest you get to incorporating it correctly is like the kingpin hires some hand ninjas. Yeah, but I other mean, than I, that, it literally is just like one day Daredevil is out stopping a burglary, and Stick shows up and is like, "Sorry, we have to fight Holy Ninja War this weekend." And he's like, <laughs> "Oh man, um, that fight was pretty hardcore, though." No, the fight kicked ass, and so it's like they they do the Stick episode and they bring him in, and you very much have that approach where it's like up until now, you know, like it's kind of been grounded, like yeah he does somewhat crazy things like when he does the hallway fight and he does like the weird flip stomp at the end you know like yeah. you're like okay this guy's clearly taking some liberties with his fighting skill and, but then they're like nope a nine year old blind stick fighting and you're like okay alright <laughs> so we've we've escalated into the goofy comic book realm now yeah. like we're there we've we've sold enough of the reality that we can get a little weird but it's still just like, you know, it's a normal dude in fatigues. And when they go to the docks and fight everything, you know, it's dudes in suits and guns. And everything kind of makes sense. Like, nobody disappears into a ball of smoke. Like, Matt just throws a weapon and it knocks a gun out of a dude's hand, etc., etc. Right. And even with the creepy black sky kid, you get the idea of what he is. But it's not, you know, anything big. And they lay a little bit of groundwork and sticks like, you know, I'll teach you to meditate and heal and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, two episodes later, like, that's a fucking ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, all right, he's fighting a ninja. And I I dug it in the sense of, uh, from an action standpoint, I think it was probably one of the best singular one-on-one fights in the show. Uh, But... Yeah, like just going back to costumes and outfit wise, I was just like, I don't know if I'm down with like 
It's just like, yep, that's the hand. There's just like something yeah, got lazy. That, it, with, it felt really abrupt. Like if it was a thing, because you never see Nobu interact with anyone else that isn't either in his empire or a business partner. Yeah, right. he just so looks it's like mad if, all the time. If Nobu had been introduced in like more traditional Japanese garb or something like that, it would make sense. You know, yeah, yeah I'm just like it's just like kind of for me... a for a dude to just go like from straight yakuza suit jacket <laughs> to full on 1980s to, ninja, yeah, yeah, to ninja Gaiden, like <laughs> you're what? Yeah, like I, I guess my worry is not because not so much how Nobu looked, but is like, am I eventually going to see episodes where there's just like twelve of these pajama yeah. ninjas? You probably will. Like, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, ah, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm You'll married totally, to that idea. Totally yeah, that see, idea. that's Maybe. the thing. That's the thing. You feel like that now, I but know. you didn't feel like that when you were watching the fight. Because the fight was so fucking good. <laughs> fight was he, like, balling. fucking, like... His I don't know how, but Daredevil's intestines should be just all over the floor. Well... <laughs> That's the thing I liked is like Daredevil. It's he gets beat the fuck off. Oh my god! Like every like I don't think I don't think they've ever put like any fake blood on Arrow guy's face after a fight. Like (laughs) I don't think he's ever been. You know? Yeah. Like Matt seldom. He literally he literally got impaled by a sword and thrown off a mountain, and he doesn't look as bad as Daredevil after one fist fight. (laughs) Yeah, and like he didn't even. Oh my god! You know? Yeah, dude, dude. Arrow, he wasn't even, like, brought back to life. Like, he just survived that. Yeah, he just survived being impaled by a sword and thrown off a mountain. Yeah, they hit their mid-season break, and Ollie gets stabbed in the chest. Mm. And he's and kicked off a mountain. <laughs> and you're like, well, he's dead. And then you go, okay, well, they're doing Rayshaw Ghoul stuff. He'll probably get brought back. And no, they're just like, we found yeah. you barely alive. And then... We yeah. meditated, and uh, now you're he- now you're weak, but yeah. you're healed. And I was just like, what? no, but like Matt just gets beat up by a Russian, and is like, I need fucking eighty seven <laughs> stitches. Yeah, Matt has a hard time with a fucking bowler. Yeah, all right, so yeah. let's let's <laughs> talk about because I want to talk about the f- the choreography and the violence. Right. Um, yeah. The just the fact that they took a movie caliber of choreography. And brought it to television is something that kind of blew my mind. Like in episode one, it's good, but that one shot from episode two sealed the deal for me, and it just made me like go. Even if like this show ends up being like super shitty, which it thankfully wasn't. Like you just the fact that, that this caliber of choreography and fight scene could just pop up at any time kept me interested. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a couple of little bits where you're like, okay, he's not selling the punches as much as he should. Mm. But then you're like, oh, this was their eighth take of a one-shot, five-minute hallway scene. And, right. and not like, like it's confirmed that that was, they did it as a one-shot. Yeah, I was like, they had yeah. no cheat. Yeah, then yeah. Devin's like, like, oh, no, they, they didn't cheat it. And they're like, they no, did, we they did it. They did a couple of, like, swaps between Stuntman and stuff like yeah, that. But, but it's, it's still, it, it's literally, like, still in one shot. Yeah. It's just like, I forget what they call it, like, tiger swaps uh, or something te- like Texas, that. Uh, Texas swap? Swap yeah, yeah, where, like, like the that? stunt guy, like, the scene where Matt goes into the room and you don't see the fight and someone else walks out. Yeah. You know, like, that thing. You know, and they do that for a couple of the hallway things and stuff like that. But, um, God, it was so good. It like, really was. Just from a quality. And 
it, it extended to a lot of other things too. Like I was kind of, I was really glad we got like really gritty hardcore fights and like, you know, they, they sold the physicality of it. And, but I was kind of bummed out that we didn't get to see like high flying acrobatic daredevil. And they did some cool things where like most of the time when you start a scene as daredevil, he's elevated and he comes down. Mm-hmm. So you get the idea of it. But they, they do the one scene, um, probably like episode eight or nine or something, where he's following the, the drug mule. Yeah, the car. Yeah, he's following the car, and they do like the parkour choreography across the rooftop chase. <laughs> yeah. And like that's on par with the fight choreography. Like they did a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like. In terms of like t- television, like when with the schedule we're working with, you can't get too crazy just because it's it's too time consuming. But yeah, right. and it's another it's you another can't have everybody of, memorize a fifteen minute fight scene every episode. Yeah, which like, is a strength on the on the fact that it was a Netflix show and they were able to do it the way they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we were getting such crazy uh, fights, like just crazy choreography, right? Um, yeah, you're right. It's kind of weird because he's like much more grounded, Matt. Uh, I think like he does this weird thing where he always does a spin kick and then falls on his side. <laughs> yeah, and I keep, I kept, I was like, I guess that's just the way he lands. Like uh, at yeah. first, I was like, oh, maybe he's just tired, but he must always be tired because he always. Like falls over. Uh, I mean, I'll but I felt like they sold that. Like I felt they like do. they sold the idea that he was a slugging, you know, like mentally in his head he's a boxer. He has ninja jujitsu training, right. but in his head he fights like his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he pretty much well, like he, he hits the gym. He hits the gym. Yeah, and hits the yeah. gym, and he just does one two combos. And I'm like, and I the guess idea that, like, he else. doesn't he doesn't get a full night's sleep ever, and he's never really fully healed. Like, there's a lot of really good bits and stuff that they'll do, like leading up to a fight. Oh, like the, and the you'll, he'll, fight he'll just have awesome. a little he'll just have a little limp, or you know, yeah, like, like after little... after he fights that ninja, he's like fucking stiff as a board for like three episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like when he fights when he fights Potter, uh, who. Melvin, yeah, yeah, Mel, who actually ends up being a Daredevil villain in the future called Gladiator, mm. um, which there was a nice great. homage with the buzzsaw, like, and they he actually <laughs> had a poster of a Gladiator, yeah, like, yeah. it's like Los Gladiadores or something like that, yeah, like and in the it's, comics, it's a dude dressed up like how he looks, yeah, in the so. comics he just wears like this old school Gladiator helmet and he just has buzz saws on his forearms and he's just, <laughs> yeah. but but he's he's like kind of slow like he is in the show, but yeah. like when he's fighting him he like you know. He smacks around two or three times. You're like, oh, this should be easy. And then he's like, ugh, because his sides, he has a gaping yeah, hole in he, his side. Yeah, he hits like, the, the wound that he's opened like four times throughout the season. Like, it's a pervasive wound, you know? Yeah. Um, this Let's, is, uh, like, I, we were talking about like how it keeps it grounded and kind of it has a weight to it. And it's gritty. And that kind of leads into the violence thing. So, like, I'm watching the first episode, and then I'm like, that's a bone popping out of that dude's leg. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I know this is a Netflix show, but that's a bone popping out of that dude's leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I, I mean, in the sense of um, 
the violence. That's a bone popping out of that dude's lip. Like I, I had heard, I kept, I kept hearing they're like, it's really gritty, it's dark, and I'm like, yeah, but it's it's Marvel. Like as yeah. as graphic as the comics can be, like it, it, they're still, you know, it's still connected to this world that is like forever PG thirteen. Um, so I was like, I wonder because you kept hearing, but you're like, I wonder how and. I really, it really didn't hit me until the third episode, uh, which is Rabbit in the Snowstorm, which is the bowling alley. Yeah, no, that bowling episode. Yeah. And I was like, all right, what's going on? And then he he beats up the guy, and then he breaks his arm. You see bone jutting out of the skin. Yeah, that's a bone. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bone sticking out of that arm. <laughs> and then he just kills the guy with a bowling ball. And that's not even the sickest kill in that episode. Yeah, so... Nope. I was like, nope. what the hell? And then, you know, at the end, uh, he gives up Wilson's name. He's like, Wilson Fisk. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh man, it. you got me. And then he headbutts his, in, himself into he a impaled, spike. Yeah, he impales his own head on a spike, like, through his eye. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's very cool to see Daredevil cave his bone through his leg. Like, I'm not being a sissy, you know, like, PC, protect the children about it. Like, that's cool. <laughs> but but you kind of, like, it's but that I was like, a little I was unnecessary, like, right? Yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I got you. I understand the stakes we're at now. What's okay? Like, I, I got it. You could have just, like, made a really loud cracking noise and, like, panned the camera up. Yeah, and, like, like, and just shown like Matt struggling as he exerts the force and done the crack, <laughs> and I would have got it. And I was kind of like, I think they're just having fun because they're on Netflix. I think yeah, so, man. Well, but you know, I'll, I'll say this though: like I had heard gory, and I'm like, all right, well, let's see. And then I really didn't believe that in my heart of hearts, uh, a real like version of the Punisher could fit, actually happen until I saw that level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, like wow, Frank this Castle could, totally could show up on this show, and yeah. you would buy into it. She probably will oh my show God. up on that Shut show. Up. Shut up. I don't really hear about that. It'll be um, Thomas Jane. He'll be looking for his children. Yeah, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. He's old enough now. Um, but, but yeah, it was it was weird, and, and I, like, to their credit, I do think they scaled it back, like, because later on, obviously, it, it remains gory, you know, like, smashes a dude's head in a car door, or mm -hmm. he yeah. headbutts a man to death, or... The, the car door thing was another one, where he smashes it, right? I'm like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty baller, and then he keeps going, and then you just see, like, his his back on the floor, and then you just hear the noise, and then you just see some stuff, like, blood pour down... And then it just gets more and more, and then all of a sudden, a head, a clear, and then it gets awkward because it like cuts to Wesley, and he's like, "I need to step out of the car." Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, okay," and then he keeps doing it, and you're like, "Wow, it's really brutal." And then like blood flies up onto Wesley and yeah. his glasses, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and then all right. it's just yeah, like it's just like the blood keeps getting thicker and thicker in yeah, that scene. And just <laughs> it just the sound is like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then even the episode later, you see them spraying bone chips uh, out of like the car. Yeah, and I was like, Vladimir is washing a headless body, <laughs> and they show the yeah, stuff. 
Yeah, you're right. It's like the violence did tone down definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was still like. Yeah, and I mean, like, like when okay Keegan with- and Daredevil fight, it's a pretty visceral, gritty fight. But I was just like, I was like, does that mean the stuff in the beginning wasn't necessary? Or was it necessary to set the tone and make me buy it? And so it doesn't feel like it was out of place later on and throughout? Or what? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like it was unnecessary. I think it was a stakes thing. Where it's like, this is the world we live in. This yeah, is yeah. the gritty street universe. Yeah, like, this is an alien. Human this trafficking. Is... Heads getting chopped off from car doors. <laughs> bones breaking. <laughs> people impaling themselves when they hear Wilson Fisk. And then him going, oh, I love Italian food! <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, that is I not mean, the guy who you should That is another with. thing we share. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is great. Oh, you like Italian That guy food headbutted a spike over the guy who's eating Italian food. Yeah, over the guy. I who's... had too much soup as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, you don't need to headbutt yourself. No, but it, like, it, it, it demonstrates the stakes. Anything can happen. It's gripping. It's gripping yeah. Netflix television. It's not TV. It's right. Netflix. I think they need a new slogan. I don't know how I feel about that one. Wait, you um, think that one may be taken? It's it's literally just like a white screen, and then you hear cracking and blood splatter up, and then like the part that isn't red is Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then the okay. noble fight, which is you know him getting slashed half to death, right? And yeah. then yeah, and then, like a lot of that is just like sounds too, but like. Well, yeah, there's a scene where after he... Well, first of all, they did kind of an interesting thing leading into that with uh, the Claire stuff and, like, the surgery and everything. You see yeah. a lot of slicing and penetration into Matt's skin, like, concurrently to the B-plot and in the episodes preceding that. So when you fight... So when he fights Nobu and he's using, like, his little Kurigami slashing thing... You hear the slashing sound, and but you don't have to like they don't have to do like a slow motion zoom in cut his skin. Mm-hmm. Like you already have the visual understanding of the cuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're like, all right, like well, I know what's happening, and and it's yeah. kind of like he's kind of getting out of the way because he's Daredevil. He's not so, dying because the difference between like most of those and then the one where it gets him in the side. It's yeah. like, you know, it goes in, and then yeah. he just starts dragging him. He, like, spins him while it's in his side. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Was, I'm, oh my I God. literally thought his intestines would spill out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was kind of like, he's dead. He's and then not- somehow he sets himself on fire. Like, the Daredevil doesn't really help that. It's just, like, he sets himself on fire because Daredevil, like... Moves out of the w- way. Moves out of the way and blocks the shot, pretty much. Yeah, I oh, felt that, that was supposed to be a weird. I felt that that was supposed to be the like a callback in reference to the thing of the hand, where like when it, in the comics, whenever the hand died, they like self destruct so that they don't leave evidence. I don't know. I think but somebody it was, was poor. It wasn't done well. I think like, somebody was just like, I want to see a ninja who's on fire still trying to throw karate kicks <laughs> because then I guess and I guess like, like two when, karate when, kicks. And I guess, like, when Fist comes in and they're talking, it keeps your mind on the fact that they just had this fight because there is still literally a dude on fire in the background. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the, uh, yeah, what I was saying is, like, after Fisk, after he beats Nobu, uh, or survives Nobu, really, uh, and he fights Fisk, like, Fisk throws him on the table, and there's this, like, you see, like, a, 
a newspaper, like, kind of glued on Daredevil's back from the giant gash he had. I was just like, that is so gross that, like, <laughs> he's so bloody and sticky that he has newspaper attached to his back. <laughs> and I was just like, what the that's hell the is happening? That's the thing that Devin finds Ew, gross. that's yeah. gross. Ew, there's ink in there. That's dirty newspaper yeah. ink. You know, I'll say this. Um, a lot of what Daredevil does... Uh, and this ties into the violence bit, but, like, a lot of what Daredevil does is, like... It makes these decisions where if it were on a show like the CW, like, there's no way they were allowed to do it. Like, there's always scenes where, uh, like, this exact scenario has happened on Arrow multiple times, but it's like, they kidnapped a girl. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, Arrow saves her. And she's fine, though. Mm -hmm. And, like, in Daredevil, they kidnap Night Nurse... And she's a bloody beaten mess. Yeah, they she beat got the shit out of her. Yeah, like I was shot. I was like, "Wow, they beat the fuck out of her." And it's not like violence against women. It was just like that would never happen on a show like CW. And a scene. There's also the scene where, uh, which I loved, but it was the scene where Stick's gonna kill uh, the what's it a nightshade or like. I can't. Black Sky, Black, Black Sky, Sky, the the yeah. Black Sky kid, and Matt, you know, deflects it, and he like saves the day, and it's in like in a in a pure like Watchmen moment, like sticks like oh no while you were dealing with them I just went in the car and I just killed the kid, and <laughs> yeah. I almost did I was like no he didn't and then like they just you know they kind of yeah he did. later and like wow he did <laughs> and like in Arrow it's like I said no kill you know he like stops yeah. it and then it's like and I was like yeah. You stop the bullet. You stop the whatever, right? But it's like while you're in the middle of doing all this fuckery, he's like, "I'm just gonna go around and like just finish." Like I'm gonna the job. try again. I'm gonna try it. And it's he's not like, one and done. It. And I was just like, "Wow, that's brutal." Like, like just in the term, like they kill a kid, they beat the hell out of a love interest, and and not in like an overly growth. It's just like a realistic thing. He's like. Why? Yeah, yeah, it's that like, thing where it's like shoot like my arrow said, and then run away. Every, every other time they take someone hostage in a show, if it's a female lead or female supporting character, they just politely tie them to the chair or they'll and slap them, them once. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, do like, the oh, <laughs> yeah, know, like the first oh. scene, the first scene, like the first time she fell over her and her, her eyes like were rolled in the back. I was like, she's dead. I was like, they yeah. killed her. <laughs> yeah. Oh it, my god. It seemed like a legitimate issue. You were like, oh, this could be a problem. Yeah, I was like, like holy shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, another thing I was really into, and it's not really that violent, just the fact that, like, when Daredevil didn't have his, like, sticks, yeah. he was like, the fact that like, he was, like, taking people's guns and throwing them at yes, other people. that was great. That was fantastic. Man. It's so good. Like, he takes the clip and he, like, throws it at the one dude and he takes the gun and throws it. I'm like, that looks really cool. In, yeah. like, actual movement. I'm actually... I'm a fan of now that he has the weapons and the sticks, you know, combine, click together, become, yeah. like, a staff at this point. Um, I didn't like... I felt that was a little quick. I liked it better when it was just, like, two separate, like, escrima sticks. Yeah, but, I mean, like, he's always kind of done that, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand, like, it's alluding to the Billy Club and, you know, like, it mimics also like a blind man's cane you know yeah. that is in segments and stuff like that but i just i like the 
You just wanted him to keep leveling two up. Two basic sticks. Yeah. 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 I kind of did want him to keep leveling up a little bit slower, <laughs> actually. Like, yeah. Not, but yeah. I, at the very least, I'm excited because we really only got to see the real evolution of it during the last Kingpin fight. Um, yeah. And I'm excited for the future. You know, you know, hopefully there are more, but I'm excited for like more because, you know, there are so many are so many times where the guy can do a spin kick and land on his face. Uh, like he's he did it like at least six times throughout the show. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> finally, he's just beating people up with these sticks, and it's awesome. Like I'm I'm totally on board because now he he has options now. Uh, yeah, that's another thing we didn't really mention with like the choreography and stuff like that is they did really good prop management. Like it's never just dudes like rice fighting. It's, you know, like, if there were multiple people, there was a reason they weren't all rushing him. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, yeah, going back to the one shot, which is, I, I guess, you know, call it an homage to old boy or don't, like... I don't I don't consider it, it an homage, like, it's, just, it's but, just a good one yeah. shot, mm. like, yeah, it happens to be yeah. in a hallway. But, but the but thing like, that I liked, yeah, but the thing I liked so much about that scene was, like, he it was really fighting, like, six guys... Who kept getting up? Like they'd be like, "Yeah, oh, fuck he had yeah. to keep going back and forth." Like he would punch a dude and knock him down, and then turn around and fight another dude, and then the other dude would get back up, and uh-huh. like yeah. he would have to throw him through a door or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It like, wasn't a bunch of glass jawed people waiting and taking turns coming at him. Yeah, which is like an infinite issue I've I've had with like every like Japanese movie ever. Was yeah, just it's like the people thing. Waiting. It's the yeah. thing yeah. where it's like it wasn't five people standing in a line waiting for Oliver Queen to shoot arrows at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just like if if there's a dude that's off to the side, it's because he threw someone through a thing, or he threw a <laughs> copying machine at them, or he threw a gun at them, or whatever. Like they they very meticulously like they worked out a way. To make the fights obviously not seem real, because like those aren't real fights, right? But, but you know, to make it not feel campy, like and ridiculous. You know what? I I because of that second episode, I was really hoping, really hoping that we would have gotten Daredevil versus a hundred Yakuza. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I think, I think we still should. That's in the a, that's, long a, run. that's a season two idea. I, that's that might be like a. Fucking just a one shot, just, just the entire episode. That should just one be, shot. Yeah, that should be like you know, Game of Thrones always has the penultimate episode like that's like God. the big castle black fight 15, or whatever. Fifty oh minutes of God. that like, should, oh. yeah, that should just be episode like twenty three of season two. <laughs> it just like season tw- like episode twenty two ends with him in the pouring rain standing oh in front of like fifty dudes, and then it's just fifty minutes of a one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. I'd be like, this is the classiest television show I've ever watched. It would be amazing. And I honestly think, like, I I mean, I don't think they would necessarily do that, but I think they have the aspiration to do something like that, like within the realm of possibility. I mean, mean, that was almost like the. Yeah. That was like the audition for that. Right. Like, now I know that they can do that. Yeah, that's like, now I'm expecting it. Um. How did you... Okay, so this is something that I think kind of works depending on how ham-fisted you are. But how did you feel about, like, 
the references to other things like like the greater marvel universe or, or even like references to like other things in like the daredevil past like the gladiator thing i thought they did them really well um yeah like so so do i because mm. like sometimes it comes across as like really hammy like, like they yeah. only mention like thor's magic hammer like twice which i was like yeah. thankful for mm-hmm. uh they well, i mean take- a major plot point is what happens in avengers yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the reason Kingpin can do his very random real estate <laughs> scheme is because half of the city's been destroyed by the alien invasion. So it's like, you know, yeah. half of the city he can get pretty cheap already. You know, doing doing some, uh, I was doing some research, and apparently uh, the orphanage Matt grew up in mm-hmm. was the same orphanage Saint Agnes that Sky from Agents of Shield grew up in. Really? That's cool. Yeah, which That's is neat. like cool little things. Uh, the Mike Murdoch thing. Oh, that was really cool. I, yeah, that was a, a nice fun reference, reference to his quote unquote twin brother. He's just a goofball. Yeah. The um, the heroine is Steel Serpent, which is the yes. Iron Fist, the predominant Iron Fist rival. Which you know Netflix is supposedly going to be doing an Iron Fist show. Um, there's another. Oh, Black Sky is also like an Iron Fist reference. Yeah, um, uh, we actually see Stiltman Stilts in the back of Melvin you do. Potter's. Yeah, you do. Um, uh, workshop, which is cool. The one that scared a lot of people, like me, because I'm a weirdo, uh, was the Creel, the crush, the Carl Creel reference. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Creel shows up in Agents of Shield. Yep. Uh, season two, and he's like a dude in his like thirties, and then they're like, oh, but he like they're like. Carl Creel boxes Jack Murdoch, yeah. and uh, I was like, how the fuck does that make sense? Yeah. And they kind of explained it away a little bit, like Jeff Loeb was like, basically he was like a Mike Tyson of his day. He was like an 18-year-old. Yeah, kid. and I mean, okay. they, they say that during the episode, like, the the announcers or something make an allusion to it, like... Yeah, he's the, like the know, much younger... Yeah, yeah, they say some little, little throwaway line, but it's enough. Well, dude got his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, and then they mention you know the hand was the big one. Spaghetti Salvatore. Spaghetti Salvatore is another one, <laughs> and then uh, they mentioned the Greek girl. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I was like, hey, I like that. Like Which that'll is- be interesting to see if they go back and what yeah. they do with that. I mean, you're definitely gonna. There's gonna be like a. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a few flashback episodes of just like him in college dealing with the Electra stuff. Because I, I, I mean, mean that, I don't think big... they would fully commit to that, but I think they'll do they'll do like another thing, like the uh, Nelson versus Murdoch thing, where the predominant B plot for the episode is flashback. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on how big they want that plot to run. Because, like, I mean, he basically it's like his whole school year is like he like yeah fights mobsters and stuff with Electra, and then she finds out he's a ninja and then she leaves and all that and like I don't know if they can condense all that in one episode um yeah I feel like that's probably you know they would do bits and pieces of it I imagine and like anytime they use Electra or brought her back you could you know do another piece of it oh man um so but yeah I, I thought the references were cool I thought they kept it pretty mild like it's enough to you know like Early, early, again, it's kind of like the violence thing. Early on, they 
they established that yeah this takes place in the same universe Mm -hmm. those things happened this is part of that world and then as it spreads out throughout the season they get a bit more obscure and more pushed into the background and you know not mentioned or not explained you know what I kind of was thinking and I don't know how it works because of legalities and all that but I was like I would love to see because Spider-Man right yeah uh, his inclusion in the Marvel Universe is basically he's just been this kid webbing around New York the whole time yeah he's been so like I would love like to see him just do like a tour through all the Marvel properties I'm saying all the movies but like (laughs) I would love to see like the same like that that actor whoever they get to just like show up in an episode of Daredevil Mm. where Matt Murdock's like you fucking dumb kid get out of my kitchen I'm going to beat you (laughs) to death and like I, I want to talk actually want to like tangent in and butt in and talk about that like my kitchen thing. This is the thing I talked to Steve about, and it was really interesting to me because it's like when I think of territorial possessive superheroes, Daredevil's number one. Yeah, like there's not a superhero I associate more with a specific geographic region and like sense of possession than Daredevil. Right. Yeah, like Daredevil like, yeah. is Hell's Kitchen. That's his thing. Well, in the show, I didn't feel it got pulled off as well. Well, because all the kitchen, re- all the Hell's Kitchen references came from like the Matt Murdock side. So, yeah, oh, I was a kid who grew well, up in the Hell's Kitchen, and, it's and like, it was yeah, also okay. because like I felt I I said I said this to Steve, and I talked about it on Twitter. I feel like shows like Arrow and like the Nolan Batman movies kind of ruin that because they do that all the time, and they do it in a fake disingenuine way where it's like Oliver Queen's like this is my city it's like you don't have an attachment to the city you were a spoiled rich kid who had everything in the world given to you like there's nothing about this city that is inherently important to you and kind of the same thing with Batman like Batman generally is more about the justice of you know saving people and stopping bad guys as opposed to like well, yeah, Daredevil See, is about always, saving he his city. Like, well, Batman always brings it up when it's other people involved. He's like, Gotham's my city. And they're like, all right. Yeah, he does it as like a fucking Like, at least Superman Daredevil thing. scales it down, you know? Like, yeah. He's not like, New York's my city. I fucking love my pizza. Like, he's just like, <laughs> these like few blocks, he's like, these are mine. He's like, this, you don't. You come in here, you got that area. Yeah. I'm not yeah. happy that Frank Castle keeps showing up. <laughs> but what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You guys got guns. Uh, <laughs> but it was I'm like... scared of guns. It was like, at the very beginning, when we were talking about the Kingpin thing, and, you know, the Kingpin's more relatable, and it's like, at times, you felt like the Kingpin had more of an attachment and desire yeah. well, for the city than well, the Daredevil Kingpin did. sort of has that in his in his episode where it's like it's it has that scene where it's like you get to see like 1970s New York which is like the New York that is talked about earlier on where they're like oh New York used to have so much character and he's like no and you kind of yeah, get you know, to see all of New York evolving through his eyes. So you're like, yeah, he's been here throughout this entire time. Well, he is and he isn't because he he, he well he goes to the he, farm. He went to the farm, but, but it's not. But really that's actually how long. But that's actually a really good point. Like, I, and I didn't think about it until you just said that. We see young Matt a lot, but we very rarely like besides the scene where Stick is teaching him how to hear and see things and when he gets acid in his eyes (laughs) he's almost never interacting with the city 
like he's he's in his apartment with his dad he's in the boxing place with his dad he's in a church or a hospital or a warehouse he spends a lot like of time he's, sitting at his kitchen table as a child yeah he does like Even you don't where he was you don't yeah. you don't get a sense of that and it's like in the um in the man without fear book which again i is the miniseries that I feel like this season drew the most inspiration from, even down to the black suit and everything. Mm-hmm. Like the first, the first issue is mostly young Matt as a kid, and like you get to see him running around, interacting with other kids that are bullies and fighting them off, and you know, like it builds the world. Like you get that kind of sense of like Rigoletto, and this is a thing, and. You know, like over in there, that's the building with the prostitutes and blah yeah, blah. Like, and like you don't, like you don't get that on a stoop. Yeah, like, you don't. You, you never get to. any of that in the show. Actually, like Matt's very much just at plot points with the character he needs to be at. Do you think a lot of that was just due to constraints because they were actually filming in New York? I think like, some of it probably was, can't. Was them trying know, to skip like, an origin? Because yeah, so many people I, yeah. are like, "Fuck origin stories." And well, they convince yeah, that right. so well in the show, where it's just like he's a kid who gets at and he gets yeah. toxic shit. But in I his guess eyes. the mannequin that is Charlie Cox doesn't exactly do himself. He doesn't do himself any favors. He's well, like, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been kid. It would have been kid Matt for the most part. Mm-hmm. And like, like I think they did that well with the Kingpin. So it's like I think they could have done it. Yeah, I think I think it's probably like Steve said, where they were trying to like shy away from making it feel like an origin, but I think it sacrificed a little bit of world building for him. Because like I said, I don't I don't feel like Daredevil has an attachment to the city. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess as the show goes on, hopefully that you'll see it become more and more. Because you know, like we were saying, like he's very. Yeah, early. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. they can do some and he and like Hell's Kitchen, yeah, yeah, and like Hell's Kitchen kind of grows with him, like yeah. you know, as he gets older, you know, you see him do more, you know, just things around the city, right? Like aside from like Foggy knowing that one bartender in that one crappy bar, it's like, mm. all yeah. right, and yeah, that's and the I guess a uh, Sergeant Mahoney or whatever, kind yeah. of. Oh yeah, and and I guess and the um and the tenements. Or the tenants, rather, in uh, the the shitty apartment. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll fix everything up. Which is, like, more just, like, yeah. this is a totally different show I'm watching right now. Oh, like, they oh, fix apartments. Yeah, let's fix things. And, oh, I have a crush on her. No, but, like, you know, uh, Kingpin, Kingpin... Kingpin's Kingpin, real. He's hardcore. Kingpin's real. He does... He oh, cares he about that city. Skull and it. that's why at the end where he's like... Fuck the city! I want to see it burn. I was like, I don't believe you, Kingpin. <laughs> I think you still care. Yeah, like, and you know, like, like we were kind of talking about, like, as much as you like to see more of uh, Matt's connection to the city in future episodes, like, I would love to see if I'm hoping Kingpin's still a factor in season two, but I, I'd like to see more of like how this guy came into being this important figure because. Right now, he's this guy who's kind of on the spectrum. It's like, how did he, he go wears from nice farm shoes? to owning half the police force? Yeah, because cause like he shows like... Yeah, it's kind of like the Godfather 2 thing. Yeah, because it's one of those situations where it's like, uh, alright, so he has the muscle because of the Russians. He has this because of this. Like, you know, he's the triads, the Japanese, Chinese, the Russians, and all that. But every, once everything goes away, he still has like this weird, badass, like, militia... 
that will, is willing to shoot people with machine guns mm. that is just to show up out of nowhere and they're just like yeah, yeah like w- like like who is that dude who are these people on these books and who are the other books that you obviously didn't show anyone that show <laughs> up and save you at the end because they all got arrested team a got arrested yeah yeah team a got arrested and then this hardcore b team yeah. shows up it's interesting i really you know but the fact that we are asking these questions and not just like who fucking cares shows that we are interested in this universe that they have developed kind of yeah i I love that it is connected and i love that they're willing to go a different direction with it like yeah this isn't guys like picking up you know just this isn't dudes fighting aliens right and this isn't me you know saving the president because I'm fighting Chinese monsters. <laughs> uh, this is like... Very important. Yeah, like, this is a dude who got... St- this is an old lady who got stabbed to death because she wouldn't move out of the apartment. And, like, Iron Man is not ever going to deal with that problem. And fucking, like, Ben Yurik just got fucking choked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about... I didn't even really expect Ben Yurik to be a part in this show. I Then I didn't expect him to be great, and he was... And then mm. I didn't expect them to fucking kill him, and they did. Yeah, so that was because you're right. Like I didn't, I didn't really follow the cast too much. Like I, I, I said, no, I went into this mostly blind. Yeah, <laughs> whoa, yeah, didn't like, mean to do that. Yeah, like I, I kind of looked into who Charlie Cox was. I was like, oh, it's it's the kid from you know Mighty Ducks, and I was like, I don't know this actress. So mm. and like that was as deep as I. Oh, and Vincent D'Onofrio. Um. But, like, yeah, I, I did not know Ben Yurk was in it. He showed up, and I was like, okay. And I, like, I, I was a big fan of everything he was he was doing. And then when he quit the job at the Bulletin, I was like, oh, he's going to get a job at, like, the Bugle. That's what I thought. <laughs> and then he dies, and I was like, oh. Okay, I, okay then. Like, I... I don't know how I feel about it, though, because, like... I felt that was really quick. I was like, there's so much more you can do with yeah, because mm-hmm. Ben Yurik's such an important character in the Daredevil myth. It, it, Spider-Man, like, in just the, the street-level yeah, level the Marvel York, Universe, like, yeah. the street-level Marvel Universe, like, Ben Yurik is important. Yeah, he's a very important character, and then I almost feel like it was done just to shock people. Like, they were just like, well, this is, they're not going to see this coming, so let's do it. No, I believe it. Uh, and to really, I guess, nail that coffin to, like, or hit, like, you know, final nail in the coffin to. I don't know if that pun was as good as Randall's. I know. Uh, nail those, <laughs> pour those chemicals into that eye. Uh, <laughs> that, like, Wilson Fisk is, like, a, a somebody you need to dislike. Like he killed Ben Yurik. Like yeah, he I killed Ben I didn't ben feel Yurik. like it was necessary. Dude, dude, like, I I understood. Yeah, like it seemed like they were like. like I said we I was to, still rooting for Kingpin. I know, but it seemed like have. they were like, we need to punch it up. Like we were we're we're missing something, and it was like let's just do some reshoots where Wilson Fisk murders Ben Yurik, and like whether or not that really happened, I don't know, but I I doubt it did actually. But yeah, it just seemed like oh okay, like Wesley getting killed and shot and killed was like made sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, Fisk is upset. Like, you know, that's something that's going to upset him. It changes Karen as a character in terms of the show forever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, a major character died. Uh, the Ben death was just like, let's shock people. 
Well, I mean, that was Kingpin getting his anger out that he took on that one dude. Yeah, boy, and, and the fact that he. But was yeah, it like, was it was you were like, oh, wow, like Ben's so important. Ben Urich, like it shocks comic yeah. fans, it shocks people yeah. who aren't. But on the other hand, because the show is so realistic, I would have been very upset if he was in that situation and he didn't get killed. Can I give you the unrealistic version of this show? What is it? Because earlier, Karen Page, after she shoots Wesley, uh-huh. has that dream where Kingpin shows up. Yeah. I'm going to pitch to you that he is actually a Freddy Krueger-like dream monster. Is he a dream demon? And that Ben fell asleep writing his article, and that's where he got him. The whole finale, Wait, so bad helmet and all. So yeah, he's, he's a, he's a dream, dream devil. Yeah. He just, that's oh, why he has a bad name, and he's so still did she wake relevant up with in his, a newspaper. She, she grabbed his, his suit jacket, and then she woke up, and she was holding his big armored jacket. She's like, what's <laughs> happening? What's going on? <gasps> Foggy! Um, Foggy didn't even wear bow ties. I know. Idiot. Um, he wore uh, weird lobster ties. Ball. He's like, hey, let's get you drunk all night. Hey, you want to drink out. some eel? Hey, yo, you're having problems after being framed for murder and waking up next to a dead body? Let's go out drinking. Let's do it. This, this is, is what you need. You know, there's a shitload of drinking in this show. Like, yeah. especially after she kills uh, Wesley. Like, she's drinking every episode. And not, yeah, like, I mean, and not like Arrow, you know. like, you have a drinking problem because you've got a DUI. Like... <laughs> She's like hardcore drinking, and then they're like, "You smell like booze." But then, like the next few scenes are just them all drinking together. They're like, yeah. "Oh, we did it!" And I'm like, "Were you like kind of concerned about her drinking a lot?" She's and, like, just, and they're just plastered, dr- and like it's just hard. I liquor. like it though. Like it's really too. good layering. Like that's the kind of it's, drinking it's setting up. Do. <laughs> it's setting up the idea of her having like dependency problems and addiction problems and stuff like yeah, that, like, which is part of the Karen Page mythos. But it's playing it in a very real way because, like, that's kind of a thing you would do. Like, you can't say that sometimes you don't hang out with your friends and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm a little worried about you." But then, like, something cool happens and yeah, you're, just like, you know, like watching UFC and you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's drink," you know? Like that. <laughs> she doesn't have UFC as an outlet, Devin. <laughs> yeah. Her UFC That's is arresting like, kingpins. Happening? Yeah. What's happening? Explain it to me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, but like, fucking Karen Page. Yeah, no. Kills, it's, unintentionally kills Ben. Uh, yeah. Shoots Wesley. Well, shoots Wesley, uh, then unintentionally kills Kind of breaks up Matt and Nelson. Even though it's not really, but like, I think yeah. she takes that blame onto herself. Oh, she's also a huge cock tease. Like she's kind of flirty with Foggy, and then when, like uh, when uh, Cardenas is like, "Oh, that boy, he oh. love you," and she's like, "Oh man, ew, ew, oh, not ew. the handsome one." Ew, like, I want the other Bash brother. <laughs> oh, we're seen. Mm. Um, I mean, Murdoch is the better Bash brother. He's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, but I was like, "Oh, you, you B word, like f you." You said B-word to your television set? I did. Yeah. I kind of did. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch? All right, we need, we should wrap this up because uh, we're getting a little long. Um, right. Well, Final thoughts. That's all I want. Final thoughts. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's the best superhero television show out there. This is, like, this should put, and I, I don't care whether or not, you know, you have a show on CW, Fox, whatever. Like, whoever, like, if you're directing or working on a show, 
that deals with superheroes, you should watch this. And regardless, like, even though you work at CW and you know you can't do hardcore brutality, break bone scenes, like, you have to take notice and be like, we have to be better because this stuff exists now. Yeah, right. it's not even really about, like, breaking bones or anything like that. It's the fact that it's true to the character. Like, that yeah. encompasses what a Daredevil comic book is. You know, like, that's, that's what that is. That's, you know, like, you can... You can do other things, but a Daredevil comic book is gritty and real and has heavy weight to it. Like, you know, again, like Arrow and Flash are not like rom-com comic books, but yeah. the TV shows are. Well, I mean, like, do you like it's just weird because you do like Daredevil is a gritty hardcore comic book character. Yeah. But like, I guess to me. Like because uh, I think I I was I was reading the Punisher before I even read any of the Daredevil stuff, so I was like, to me, like that's like Matt is like a fucking Rainbow Road, like Mario Kart level compared to. I mean, Rainbow Road's fairly difficult, though. Yeah, but you're trying to say you're like it's like a Moo Moo Meadows compared to the Punisher (laughs) being like Bowser's Keep. No, and then like before you even like if. If you don't turbo right out the gate, like you get shot in the head and then you're dead, and like the, then your data gets dissolved and your your Wii U just melts in front of oh you. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like so. That's I'm some like, eternal darkness shit. He's hard, like I just <laughs> uh, like to me some of the violence like yeah it should be more violent. Mm-hmm. Violence should be more violent. No, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying like, 2015. <laughs> Matt Murdock, the Daredevil stuff should be more violent than like the Spider-Man stuff, right? But. Yeah, and it is. It well, certainly is. Uh, he's not fighting Paul Giamatti in a stupid rhino robot. Although, oh my god, um, sorry. Although, like, I, I just I wait till season two when he fights Stiltman. Oh, oh my say. god! Well, just Frank's gonna shoot him with an RPG. I hope that's. I hope like Frank Castle gets introduced and Stiltman gets introduced in the same episode, and it's oh just my Frank god. Castle blowing it up with a rocket. Dude, I don't think he'd that's, use a rocket launcher. I think he would use, like, a machine gun. That's how they deal with, like, the idea of absurd <laughs> supervillains. Yeah, it's just, just like, like, to totally deflate them with dumb. a Punisher just brutally murdering them. them. Yeah, and, and I guess, <laughs> yeah, and uh, back to my, my, my final, final word, is that I am very excited for the rest of the Netflix shows now. Yeah. The Netflix Marvels. Like, Daredevil is kind of a question... We all knew it was probably going to be pretty good. Uh, I'm very glad it's as good as it was. And everything we kind of complained about, at the end of the day, they're really more nitpicks because it's a, it was a show about fucking, uh, like, buying city blocks. You know, like, it, it's about zoning issues. And, like, to make that show that good uh, yeah. is definitely something special. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely more excited for shows like Alias. Or AKA, uh, what's it called? It's like AKA, uh, oh God, Chris, help me out here. I don't know. The, uh, with Jessica, AKA Jessica Jones. That's the name of the, the new show. Okay. Which is Jessica Jessica Jones. Jones. Uh, uh, Luke Cage. Cage. I'm a power man. And then the, the Defenders. Iron Fist. I don't think Iron Fist is like officially announced yet. Yeah. Iron Fist isn't. It has to be. I think he's just gonna like show up and then get. No, his... well, uh, what it is, it's it's okay. So it's Daredevil, aka Jessica Jones, 
and then Luke Cage, and then the Defenders. Now, where Iron Fist falls into that, everybody's assuming he's going to show up in, in a Luke Cage show, but it's still called like Luke Cage, you know, or Power Man, or mm-hmm. it's still based off of him, right? So I don't know how much of a factor Iron Fist is going to be. And I don't even know where the rights are at with Iron Fist. I think they they should own it. I think yeah, they I think it. they do. Yeah, so look at all those toys then. Listen, I already got my ninja. I don't need another ninja. You're going to get a whole lot of ninjas. Yeah, well then I'll see Iron I, Fist. I need an Iron Fist show. I, dude, I think you got to wait till Defenders is done. Well, all right, all right. Eh. Who's who, who's eh. real quick, who's stick talking to? Stone that that's a, the real answer. Okay, it's Stone. That's, yeah. Stone's yeah. like a Stone's like another one of his uh, students, but he's obviously like an adept, and he's just like this brutal dude that has the ability to like turn off pain. Like he, looks, he, he doesn't feel pain. He looks like the guy in Bloodsport. What's his name? Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> no Which one? The, the first one. The Frank Dukes fights with the. He's a big, swole Asian dude. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's who I. I was like, that's basically the same. Guy. That dude's back is huge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The Asian guy's back's huge. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah no, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's just Stone. He's just another. Uh, hand. That is good to know because I was like, is that? I you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not really someone everybody's gonna know. It's. But that's good. That's it's good that like. This I feel the show is interesting enough for non fans, fans, and beyond. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. All right. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Bolo. Yeah. I thought he was Bolo. Everybody wishes Bolo. Bolo. Uh, <laughs> check out antifanboy.com. Every day we post new articles, except for, you know, holidays usually. Like, like let us have a holiday. Come on. But, um, yeah, we, we post a lot of stuff. So, antifanboy.com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook as well. iTunes. Thank you again. Thanks, Chris. Yay.